Welcome in. It's the Players' Championship live chat. It is indeed presented by Jock Market. We'll talk about that more in just a second. But for the next hour or so, we're going to go through all the questions and answers, or at least as many as possible from the chat. So don't be afraid. Go go ahead. Drop your questions in. I'll go through as many as I can. Uh, whatever you want. Ownership, this guy or that guy. Those aren't great questions, but that's fine. I mean, we can we can do whatever you want. Um, also, the only thing I ask, hit the like button. That's very much appreciated. That's that's my currency, uh, essentially, in this moment. And also, uh, if you are into jock market, if you're into playing stock market DFS, uh, now's the time. Lots of money to be made. We are giving away free jock bucks uh, tonight on the Jock Market Power Hour. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel. It is 15 minutes longer than normal because it's a big event. There's a lot to talk about. Let's not waste any more time. Let's start rolling through these questions and see what happens. Oh, also, everything you see, all the tools, rickrungood.com. Check it out. I think it's pretty good. Uh, Hey, Rick. Hope all is well. Thank you. Hope all is well. Thoughts on Xander and Webb this week? Feel like they're both flying under the radar. Yeah, I, I agree. So we'll we'll pull up the projected ownership here shortly, but I've got uh, Xander coming in around 12%. I've got Webb actually much more popular. I just ran another update to the ownership projections. Obviously, a lot of movement this week, a lot of uh, casual fans playing, just a lot of people playing. So these these have had a couple of iterations. Um, and, and Webb is now up to 22.5% is what I'm seeing. So I don't think Webb is going to fly under the radar as much as maybe Xander does. Uh, Xander's kind of in this awkward position in terms of pricing because he's the bottom of the 10K range. You know, you can spend up ahead of him. The the There's appealing options in the 9K. And then the fact that Brooks Kepka withdrew makes that gap because he was at 10,100 makes that gap even bigger. Uh, so I think a lot of people are just naturally avoiding Xander and there's really no reason for that. Right. I mean, the workday was his worst finish in like 18 starts or something. I mean, the guy's a top 25 machine. He's a top 10 machine. He's, he's talented in all facets. Um, yeah, I've, I've got no problem getting a significant cut of of Xander Shoffley this week. Lucas says, I have a work meeting at two. Oh yeah, you should probably, you should probably go to work. Um, but we have to pick two players for the one and done this week. Any reason to save DJ for a different time down the road using DJ and can't like currently, but I thought about using JT and Colin. Listen, there's, there's going to be a lot of really great options this week. 48 of the top 50 players in the world. What I will say is um, burn your studs. Right, I mean, it's two point seven million dollars to the winner. Which, if you go back to like an invitational, like Riviera, that would basically be first and second place money. So you should be using your studs here. Um, so if you like DJ, that's fine. You know, I think most will opt to use DJ at Augusta. I think I think that's what is likely to happen. So I have no problem using him here. Um, and others will say, hey, what about a no cut event where you're guaranteed money? The problem with no cut events. And being guaranteed money is everyone's guaranteed money. It, it It's not like, yes, you you remove a bit of the volatility, but uh, I want a week where someone is 15 or 20% owned and misses the cut and my guy wins. Like that's how you move up some of these larger boards here. So uh, that's my philosophy. Let me know what you end up with. John Jefferson, welcome. Says best part of my week. Uh, mine too. Someone asked me, uh, you know, what's your favorite part of the week? This hour, this hour right here is probably my favorite. Um, Who's your favorite play from the stars and from the scrubs? So, all right, let's do this. Let's let's do the cheat sheet. Rickrungood.com. Here's the cheat sheet. Uh, just one of the tools available 
on my site. So as far as studs go, I don't know how far you want me to go down. Obviously, the the pricing coming out early on DraftKings is significant. Um, if you compare the pricing from DraftKings to FanDuel, which FanDuel came out on Monday like it normally does. DraftKings came out a couple days early. You know, Bryson is such a clear-cut value because if pricing would have came out uh, on Monday like it normally does after his Arnold Palmer Invitational victory, he's probably $1,000 more expensive. So I don't know if he counts uh, as far as studs, but I'm, I'm really focused in on, on Justin Thomas. Uh, but if you made me pick someone over 10K, it's probably DJ. Right. I mean, how rare is it that the number one player in the world comes in flying under the radar? Uh, he finished 54th at the workday, lost 10 strokes putting. It's not going to happen again. Um, I, I, I like where DJ's at in this week. And then as far as scrubs go, how scrubby do you want? You know, I'm kind of on record being like the scrubbiest I'd probably go is, is Johnny Vegas at 6,300. Finished second at the Puerto Rico Open. Finished third here in 2019, which is the last time we played this in full. And if you pull up his golfer profile real quick, I love this part of Johnny Vegas's game off the tee right here. He is an elite off the tee player. He's sixth this season, uh, gaining nearly three quarters of a shot. The rest of his game, yeah, it's a bit hairy, but uh, that's what you get when you when it's 6,300 bucks. I think I think that's that's just fine. <clears throat> How do you think Burger might do with greens overseeded with Poa and Bent cheese tacos, uh, cheesesteak tacos rule? And then Jeffrey says, what is a cheesesteak taco? So real quick, a cheesesteak taco. Uh, so what you do is you go get a cheesesteak, uh, preferably on South Street in Philadelphia from Jim's, and you walk across the street and you get a slice of pizza and you take you take the slice and you wrap it around the, the cheesesteak. And now it's like a cheesesteak taco and you eat it like that. It's, um, it's something special. You gotta be, that's like a 2 AM. That's like a 2 AM deal. Uh, but anyway, so, so here, so this is actually a really good point from Chuck because you know, this, this event TPC Sawgrass, uh, it's been played historically in May, and this is going to be the second year that it's played in March. So of course, for the vast majority of the year, these are like Bermuda grass greens, but this is the time of year that they overseed with bent and POA. So they're not true Bermuda grass green. So this question is in regards to Daniel Berger. So I'll pull him up on the Holy Grail. And this is what I love so much about the Holy Grail. You know, we can just, we can just look at his, at his bent slash POA numbers, right? That mix. So here he is normally for all of his rounds. Um, he is a, a small gainer, a small positive. Hold on. Let me get this question out of here. A small positive in terms of strokes game putting 0.16. So if we just change this to see what he does on the bent slash POA mix, he's much, much better. About a half a stroke better putting on that surface or that hybrid of surface in the 34 measured rounds that I have on him. So uh, yeah, being a Florida guy, getting a better surface than, than probably most are going to anticipate. It's really sharp, Chuck. I, I appreciate you bringing it up and giving us a chance to, to talk about that and then talk about a cheesesteak taco because that's always uh, something good too. Lonto, Burns, or Answer? Any ownership leans on those three? Um, I'm pretty bullish on Sam Burns. You know, we can go back. Um, how do I want to do this? Let's go to, so we'll stay here in the Holy Grail, and we'll look up uh, Sam Burns by round. And let's see what we have here. Not Bent Poe. I just want all of his rounds here. Um, this guy is 
very volatile and has a ton of upside. So this is since the start of 2021, essentially, or actually we can even go back even further here since the start of 2021, the amount of times he's gained five or six strokes on the field is, is elite level stuff. Brady, like when I checked this out a couple of weeks ago, the only guys who were gaining as much as he was, were, it was like, it was like JT Xander, I think Finau might've been in that mix. It's just like, he has a huge ceiling. Uh, he has a very low floor as well. And we've seen that at times. I think this is a really good spot to go back to him. I think Sawgrass sets up better than Bay Hill did. Um, it's not great, but I think it's better. And and he's a, he's a birdie maker. So I'd probably give a lean to Sam Burns in that situation. Um, okay. So I have to go to Nacho Daddy uh, now that I'm in Vegas. Yeah. So uh, for, I'm, I'm so hungry right now. That just makes me want nacho so bad. Denver, Timmy. So thank you. We'll add it to the list. What does ownership look like for Poulter, Kirk and Cam Davis? All right, well, let's just pull it up. So again, these, these ownership projections are, um, probably only like an hour old. I just reran them. So who are they? Who am I looking for? Poulter, Kirk and Cam Davis. Maybe I should just sort by name. Uh, so Chris Kirk, I have at 13%. That's actually pretty, that's, that's much more than I thought it was going to be Ian Poulter. I have at less than 1%. Oh, sorry. I was reading the wrong line. 4%, 3.5%. And then Cam Davis, I have at 2.6. I like that a lot. Cam Davis, you know, if you've been watching these shows over the course of the year, just raw talent, um, make, I mean, we can pull up his, we can pull up his golfer profile here. I think you guys, I think you're going to be pretty impressed with some of the ranks that he has on tour this season. So here's Cam Davis. First of all, this is elite level ball striking a half a stroke on approach, a half a stroke off the tee. That is uh, 17th off the tee and 36th on approach. Um, big time birdie maker 25th in birdie average. If we go to birdie or better percentage, he might be even better than 25th. Yeah. He's 19th. So, I mean, he's a, he's a legit scorer. Um, what's he do on par fives? Not as well on par fives. That's a little bit shocking. He's 48, still better than um, he's still in the top 25, but 25%. But I would have thought I would have thought that he would be he would be better in that category. Any sub $7,500 guys that have grown on you throughout the week and why? Hank Hill's back in the chat. Thanks for coming in, Hank Hill. Um, I, I mentioned Vegas. That's a really, that's a real dart throw, right? If you're talking about 7500 or below, I mentioned Burns already. I think that's fair. Um Where's Matthew Neesmith? Here's let's let's look at Neesmith real quick. So he's 6700. You know, this is a guy who has a skill set that I really like, which is the strokes gain approach numbers. And he even did, so he missed the cut last week, but he gained two and a half strokes on approach. That was great. And he lost four strokes putting. That's probably not going to happen again. So I'm willing to go back to uh a Neesmith here in this spot as well. Thanks, Hank. Clark wants to know, Hey Rick, first you're playing in a one and done. How much thought do you give to someone for saving? Oh, for saving someone for the tour championship, given the idea that the prize pool is so large. Okay. Um, you have to confirm this Clark. Are, are you using the bonuses for your pool? Because many pools will either omit the tour championship or they will assign a percentage of the prize pools. Because think about it. You don't want the entire season coming down to the guy who gets the $15 million bonus in a 30 man field, deciding the entire one and done pool, because you know, you guys are at $10 million 
for the first 49 events. And then the winner is going to get 15 million for the final event. So I would confirm if, if your one and done league is actually doing that, you should 100% be trying to figure out who is going to lead in FedEx cup points uh, at the end because, because he's also going to get a staggered start. He's going to get a two shot lead. Let's say Dustin Johnson starts at 10 under par at East Lake, like massive advantage. And if he doesn't win it, he probably finishes second or third and gets you a lot of money anyway. Confirm that. I, I would say I'd be very surprised. I don't know who's running your league or anything like that, but I'd be very surprised if the tour championship is either included or they're using the full bonus points. Evan, good to see you in the chat. Uh, DraftKings two versus two. Neiman or uh, Neiman and Kisner or Lonto and Zalatoris. Um, for me, it's Lonto and Zalatoris. You know the 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 two things I always think about Lonto, and he, he continues to play well. Is um, at least in terms of upside, the two sets, the two skill sets that he have has is approach and putting. And when those things go right, you can go really low. Zalatoris is a maniac. He is unbelievable. It's 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 almost like he's a top twenty five machine every week no matter what tour for the last 18 months. And the game is so, so good. So I'd have to go that way. Nothing against, I'm not a huge fan of Kisner this week. I think he's fine. Uh, and then Neiman, I'm kind of just warm on. The other two, I I, I think I think I like Lonto and Zaltors better uh, than both those other guys. I need a one and done this week for this big purse. Uh, who is a lock this week? Well, first of all, no one's a lock, right? You know, the volatility at, at TPC Sawgrass is pretty significant. It's, it is Florida golf. So you get, you know, uh, water lurking. It's very easy to make a big number. Your scores can add up very quickly. So I, no one is a lock, but I mean, John Rom, right? John Rom has shown ceiling. He has shown floor. I, I almost prefer him in some harder situations like Olympia Fields or or Muirfield Village, like we've seen him win uh, last year. But why not John Rom? If you're willing to just go and get a stud and and try to just go for floor, it might be the Romster. This week, a total dart throw across seems no rhyme or reason. Uh, yeah, I mean that's not a question, but yes, it, it is a very volatile week. You know, we have some weeks where. Augusta national, very consistent year in and year out. Um, you know, some of these other kind of, I don't want to call them quirkier places, but like TPC river highlands or, um, RBC heritage. There's a style of golfer. Think about the, the, the winners here, Rory Webb, Siwoo, Jason day, Ricky Fowler. Is there really a lot of thread between those guys? I don't, I don't think so. Um, so yes, it is, it is a pretty volatile week. Embrace it. Grant wants to know who do you like more Daniel Berger or Sung M? Wow. Tight, really tight. Probably still burger, but I'm a huge Sung Jay fan, but it's probably still burger. Uh, Shlomo wants to know, what are your thoughts on first timers at Sawgrass? Any stats to highlight how first timers have performed historically? I'd have to go back and pull it. Not handy. Um, I'd have to go back and pull this. And also, are you going to count? Remember that some of these guys who are technically in their first start, Played one round last year. Morikawa, Hovland, I think Scotty Scheffler was also in the field last year. Uh, I have the I have the data. So like, if you go to RickRodgood.com and you go to the Holy Grail and you go rounds by rounds for the 2020 Players Championship, uh, you will see all of the the one round stuff in here, right? So Hideki was in first after rounds one. Um, uh, wow. Colin Morikawa played well. Uh, Victor Hovland played well. He was in seventh. Did Scotty Scheffler play last year? I'm just scrolling through looking for his name. 
I don't see it. I might have just overlooked it, but uh, keep that in mind. So first-timers might not necessarily be first-timers. Oh, he did. He was in seventh. Yeah, so all those young guys played well last year, so you can check that out uh, on the site as well. Thoughts on Brandon Steele? I'm always kind of a big Brandon Steele fan, right? He's a great ball striker. He's very cheap. He's been making a bunch of cuts. He played well at Sony. Probably should have won there. Yeah, I'm 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 always a big a big uh, Brandon Steele guy. Real quick, let me tell you about Jock Market. Um, Jock Market is I I've described it as basically fantasy, like the future of fantasy sports, which is stock market, right? Like stock market DFS, you can buy and sell shares of golfers over the, you know, before the event starts. So tonight at IPO, that's what we're doing for the power hour tonight. We're going to go through the IPO phase. You can bid on golfers then, and then you can buy and sell these golfers over the course of a week. And it's awesome. And there's a lot of money to be made. Um, it's getting much more liquid. I know that was a concern for some people a couple of weeks ago where it was like, you know, not a lot of trading necessarily during the event. That's getting better and better and better. We're getting the we're getting the metrics or at least, uh, you know, the guys over at Jock Market are, are telling us that they're having great in-game trading weeks, which is always good to hear. And, and, and then some of the, you know, it's certainly a different strategy, but you look at what happened last week. You know, Bryson on Wednesday night, uh, his IPO price was nine dollars and eighty-eight cents. Well, because he won the tournament, his final payout was twenty-five dollars a share. So, however many shares you had of Bryson, uh, you made fifteen dollars a share. Lee Westwood was even bigger, right? He went from two dollars and fifty-two cents on Wednesday night to nineteen dollars and ninety-nine cents. Actually, it's probably twenty dollars. I might have refreshed this a hair early, um, and and gain just $17 a share. So, I mean, this is, it's, it's really big time stuff uh, and you don't need a lot of money to start. So I really enjoy it. Uh, Joe Idoni and myself are doing the power hour tonight and we're giving away a hundred dollars in jock bucks. So join us for that. It'll be a ton of fun. Let's look at Tommy Fleetwood because Tommy Fleetwood is the guy that we need to talk about. Um, I was pretty pessimistic on Fleetwood last week, and I think it was warranted, but he played well. So here's, here's we're going to pull him up real quick. So strokes gained by tournament. We'll do Fleetwood. Did I spell his name right? Oh, I'm in the tournament. I'm, I do that every single time. I should move that. I should move golfers to the middle because I click that every single time. All right. So here we go. So I was pretty pessimistic about, uh, about Tommy Fleetwood because of this, just how bad his ball striking had been on the PGA tour in all of the measured events that we've had. Now he was better. Um, that was his best ball. Uh, uh, excuse, I shouldn't say ball striking his best approach week at the API since last year's API. Maybe that's just a place that sets up well for him. Actually now I'm more concerned about it, Dan. Now I'm more concerned that he just has a good feel and it fits his eye at Bay Hill. Oh boy. Uh, if you look at what he did, the players last year lost two and a half strokes off the tee 3.7 in that one round alone. Uh, that was pretty ugly. So actually I was Dan, I was going to tell you that I was growing warm on him. Uh, I'm nervous that maybe just Bay Hill fits his eye and we get back to a, a worse ball striking version of, of, of Tommy Fleetwood. Sorry about that. I don't know what answer you were looking for. Um, Kevin, Thank you for the super chat. You're you're always very generous. Much appreciated. He says the truth is in your tools. Didn't have a chance to check them out. Them check them out last week. And my six of six core uh, became an O of six after Friday. Kids remember to use the tools. Yeah, and actually, so Kevin, much appreciated. You you are the man. And um, 
you know, we're trying to trying to constantly expand the tools, right? Try to make them better. I build in visualizations so that I can kind of do fun things on the fly, right? I, I don't hard code a lot of things because I can't. And also because it, it, it would, I think, remove some of my flexibility. And um, if you guys are in the Slack, if you saw in the Slack, I released uh, the, a beta version of the, the lineup builder. So just while, while we're here, while we're talking about it, I'll give you a glance at it. Maybe we can run some through later. But um, the new version of the lineup builder, that's going to be on rickrungood.com. It, it lets you do your custom weights, do your, it's basically your custom model. And then it turns into a lineup optimizer and you can actually use the results of your custom model. You can, you can say, Hey, use this max projected ownership, use all this stuff and it'll pump it out. So maybe we'll do one of those a little bit later, but um, I appreciate the support and I appreciate uh, that you guys are noticing that, you know, I'm trying to make as many updates to the site as, as possible. And Kevin, thanks again. Much appreciated. Let's see where we're at. <clears throat> Got to get back to my spot. Um, hey, could you sort the golfers by projected ownership so we can see highest in projected ownership? Yeah, you know, normally if I was, I'd be like, oh, just go sign up for the site. You can do this all you want, but nah, it's all good. Let's let's just do it together. So I have Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, and Roy McIlroy all coming in over 20%. I have Tony Finau and Dustin Johnson right behind at 19. Some of the value plays that are coming in um, on the higher end would be jo- Joaquin Neiman. I have him as the highest projected golfer under $8,000. Chris Kirk is also there. Um, Abraham Answer under 8000 Corey Connors, Sergio Garcia. Those are some of the names that I think are going to be more popular. Any idea why Morikawa is much lower than other elite golfers in your win simulation odds this week? Yeah, there, so there's a lot that goes into the tournament simulation. You, you know, there's 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 recent form, there's upside, there is um, uh, floor as well. So you have ceiling, you have floor, you have course history. You know, Morikawa, I, I just think, and, and I think this is by design, he has gotten a bit more volatile over the course of the last, uh, I don't know, six months or so. And you're seeing more wins, but you're seeing more missed cuts. I think why he's coming in a little bit lower than some of my other golfers, elite golfers in those simulations is, is sample size stuff. I really try not to give like... I think what he's doing right now is, is amazing. What four wins and 41 starts, but I, I really try to give guys with a larger sample size, a bit more credence and, and, and just an idea that maybe Morikawa's is a bit smaller than everybody else's. That's, that's my hunch on why he comes in a little bit lower. Um, Scott with the super chat as well. Much appreciated. You're, you're, you're not, um, you're not unnoticed always being in the chat and seeing you on Twitter and all that stuff. So it's, it's much appreciated. And thank you for the, for the support. Let's go into, um, I lose my spot here very quickly. Sorry about that. Greg says, uh, good afternoon, golf fans. Smash the like button. Yeah, go ahead. You don't have to smash it. Just, just hit it a little bit for me. That would be much appreciated. Who are some of the chalk that you're completely fading this week? What's up, TJ? Good to see you. Um, I think that I will be, I, I think maybe Finau. Um, it's nothing against him. I just, I just think you have to draw a line somewhere. And I think the guys in the $9,000 range, it's incredibly stacked. Then you get into the AK range. And I think that there's some value there. And just the way that I was building Finau didn't end up being the guy. Um, it's, it's really nothing against him. It was just kind of the way the builds go. We've got 48 of the top 50 players in the world. Like it's going to be stacked. Do you believe it is imperative to max enter tournaments or can there be value in entering only one lineup? Depends on what your goals are, right? I mean, listen, just, just be clear. You're at a complete disadvantage if you're not max entering a contest. And that does not mean that I'm not sitting here saying, go enter 150 lineups. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying 
play single entries, play three maxes, play 20 maxes if you can. Um, it, it's hard enough to make a top tier lineup that's going to win GPPs. To do that and also have one-tenth of the lineups that everybody else does or that some other people do, it becomes very difficult. So, of course, anything is possible, especially in golf where you can throw out a volatile. I mean, I tweet out the optimal lineups every single week and how how often are they $48,000, $48,500, uh, very often. So I, I would say in golf it's better, but highly recommend you max it up. <clears throat> Can we do a deeper dive on Poston? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's a name we have not talked about often. So let's just let's just deep dive JT Poston here. See what happens. So, uh, oh boy, pretty ugly stuff. This would be this would be very concerning if I was a JT Poston backer. So, uh, four of his last five, he's lost strokes on approach. Five of his last six, he's lost strokes in ball striking. That those troubles go back to the restart. Uh, he's been pretty awful since since then, and he's relying on this right here. It's the putter, and it's not really turning into. I mean, for him to go out and gain nine strokes putting at the Farmers, which is only three measured rounds, and only finish 18th, that's silly, right? Like even gaining 4.4 putting and to finish 11th, like if you're gaining that many strokes putting, you should be winning. You should be finishing like second or third. Uh, I'd be really concerned about the upside being capped on, on JT Poston just because the rest of his game is is so poor. Who's ready for the tournament to start tomorrow? Me. I am. I am. I've got an alarm set. It's going to be ugly, right? Because they're going to tee off at like seven Eastern. So that's four Pacific. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Do you think there's any red flags on Berger? No, I, I think it's a stacked field. 48 of the top 50. Um, there's going to be really, really good golfers who are overlooked this week just because of the natural kind of selection and in, in where the salaries are. <clears throat> I've answered some of these, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rolling. You know what? I've come around on Matthew Fitzpatrick a lot, Oliver. Um, he, he, just, he just puts the ball in the cup, which I know is so stupid to say, but he does. And uh, he's actually much more well-rounded than than we've probably seen from him before. So let me pull him up here. So Matthew Fitzpatrick. Here's his golfer profile page on rickrungood.com. Look at this. I love this. Gain strokes in all four major categories this season. I love it. He is still a hair reliant on putting, but not nearly as much as he used to be. These are really good metrics, Oliver. I, I'm growing pretty steady on Fitzpatrick over the course of uh, this this season and the last couple of weeks in particular. Like button will be smashed. Much appreciated. Uh, 17th hole reminds me of Kanye. It's weird and sort of dumb, but I can't help but like it. Thank you, Biggie Balls. Much appreciated. Also, I believe this is the 24th anniversary of Biggie's death. How about that? I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Thanks for hopping in, Biggie Balls. Hope you brought your guac. Um, What's the best play to see ownership for DFS? How would I be able to find this tool? JB, we should go on like a, a, a road show together. You just set me up for that one. Uh, rickrungood.com. Go to rickrungood.com. I've got ownership projections and also what I've been doing. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I've been compiling more data. You know, sometimes I just do this and I don't make an announcement like, oh, go into a golfer profile page and see what their ownership has been in the last couple of weeks. For example, Matthew Fitzpatrick was 8.9 at Riviera. He was 7.7 at the workday. He was 16.1 at the API. I'm starting to compile more data. You see it pop up all the time. Just keep keep everything, uh, keep your eyes open out there. <clears throat> 
Rick, how do you feel about the big game Hunter and one and done this week? <laughs> Ready to take down a stacked field or too many cameras to pick up extra strokes. So Kevin, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about Patrick Reed. Um, yeah, listen, he shows up in big time events. He does. And, and he is very, very streaky. Um, I find him to be one of the more difficult golfers to predict because, you know, when he gets going with his long irons, he's unstoppable. When he gets going with a putter, he's unstoppable. Uh, there's not a lot of foreshadowing in his game, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's a big time spot and he's a big game hunter. With this many players in the field, chances of duplicated lineups are a little bit lower, right? Would you rather leave money on Taylor pivots? I don't know about that. I think, I actually think that, uh, maybe actually Milton, maybe I was going to say, because there are because the pricing is softer, it would allow you people would make the same lineups, but not really because you can make any lineup that you want. Uh, the the weeks that we get a lot of duplicated lineups are the weeks where it's like everybody's going to play this guy at ten one, everybody's gonna, everybody's going to play this guy at eight nine, everybody's going to play this guy at seven three, and then we get a bunch of duplicated lineups. So I think I agree with you, Milton. I don't have any interest. To, I don't have any reason to back that up. Michael asked about Sam Burns. I like him. I, I talked about him earlier, so I'm going to move on. We're getting into the point where I've answered some of these questions, but I like him. One and done just started. So who do you like with everyone available? Wow. Um, DJ, just do it. Don't be afraid. I'm in love with, let me pronounce this one. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better on this one. I believe it is Christian, because there's a second A. Christian Bezaden hot, 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 Bezaden hot. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about it. So here's, here's what I like about the guy. Um, won twice on the Euro tour played well last week. The, and, and was in second here last year during the shutdown. Here's the big problem with the old Bez Meister. Let me see if I can pull this up. Yes, I can. Here's the live leaderboard still from last week. Gained six and a half strokes putting, gained four around the green. He was a loser off the tee and approach. For him to finish seventh was, I think, a very, very narrow path, Andrew. I would be concerned that he'd be able to do that again. I like the guy. I like him a lot. I'm concerned about what he saw last week. Who is the Oliver Bark of the play? Bark play of the week. He usually does bark when I talk about somebody. I haven't heard him bark yet, but I assume that under 8K, he likes... I was going to make a dog pun. Um, I can't turn any of these names into dog puns. I was going to try to. Harris. Oh, Mark Leishman. Leish, get it, Greg? See what I did? I don't actually like Leishman, but that's who Oliver would like. Are you playing? Uh, are you playing in the two hundred dollars single entry? Yes. Oh my god, I had a sweat last week. You know, I think I ended up finishing 20th last week. I think I was winning it on Friday night and I knew I was in trouble. It was relying on Danny Lee and it was relying on Zach Johnson to do something on the weekend. They didn't. I'll spare you the bad beat stories. Um, I would say, yes, I'm taking a stars, a stars and scrubs approach. Favorite players memory. The better than most putt is clear. Kucher backhanding it on 17 was pretty good. Uh, Brooks made an albatross on, I think, 15. But really, I think a lot about John Rahm on 11 in the bunker on Sunday in contention, brushing his caddy off to try to go for it over, over the water. I think about that a lot. <laughs> and I love that we had the the mics on it. It was, it was amazing. What part of the country serves your favorite pizza? Um, 
I guess technically New York, right? That foldable style. However, I've come I've come around a lot on Chicago. Don't destroy me for that. But um, Grandma Pizza is great, right? That's like your little. It's almost like Detroit, but like a little bit less. I think it's from I want to say like Long Island is where that originated. But Grandma style is pretty good. <clears throat> Scheffler seems to always find his way in the optimal lineups. Thoughts on him? I like him a lot. He played well here last year, um, and I think he's flying a bit under the radar than I think. Rick Run good. Thanks on everything. Thanks for everything. No, thank you, Frankie. Um, thoughts on car on Russell Henley. Yeah. So Russell Henley broad strokes. I really like because he's a great ball striker. He's one of the best, best approach players on tour. He's been horrible at TPC sawgrass. Now, if you go back to my comments earlier that like, this is kind of a volatile week. I don't know how long you can say like, if you have five, if you've played here three times and it's been kind of all over the place, that's one thing. If you've played here as many times as Russell Henley or like Paul Casey have, and you don't have success, I'm, I'm really kind of worried about that. So I will be cautiously optimistic for Russell Henley this week. Uh, hey, Jamie, good to see you. Who do you see having a significant increase or decrease in actual ownership when it's all said and done? Um, yeah, that's a good question because sometimes I look at these ownership numbers and I'm like, that can't be, that can't be true. Um, I would think that I, I believe Hideki is going to come in more than what people want to give him credit for. So I, I have him around 12% right now. If you made me guess, I think it's over that because he almost gets credit for being the champion last year. He's, his ball striking is starting to come around. I think people want to play him. I, I I would take that guess, Jamie. Good to see you. Um Isaiah, first of all, uh, thank you very much for the super chat. It's much appreciated. Uh, I'm leaving $4,000 on the table in a lot of lineups. Is it too much? Also ordered one of your Rick Rungood shirts. Good quality, good stuff. Thanks, man. That's my, my wife does a lot of the, the apparel stuff, uh, and she's done, doing a killer job. So uh, props to her. 4000 is close. I will say this. you know, If you've seen me tweet out a lot of the optimals, uh, often $2,000, $3,000 being left on the table is, is fine. Uh, a week like this where it is incredibly volatile and we've seen some guys really get, you know, like Johnny Vegas, uh, two years ago, you know, see these guys pop up, see who Kim winning this event. Um, it does elicit a bit of volatility. So I, I think 4,000 is pushing it, but I'm not, I don't mind it too bad. Yeah, so this is interesting, Mark. So eighty four hundred and up is Hovland. Uh, how is Hovland the lowest owned? Yeah, so this is this is interesting. Hovland, who was one of the most popular players last week in contention through two rounds, just falls apart on the weekends, and now his ownership bottoms out. This guy has been one of the best players on tour for the last couple of months. I really like a leverage spot for Hovland for sure. Tyler wants to know what my favorite number is. Not like my favorite number, like literally just asking my favorite number out of all numbers. Seven. Um, I played baseball in college. I wore seven. I've also worn 13, which I know is an unlucky number, but I I don't mind that at all. Um, yeah, I was, let's say seven. Love your call on Spieth saying most of the misses. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing with Spieth at Bay Hill last week was the, the, I think I said his saving grace would be he misses right. And at Bay Hill, if you miss left, you're in big trouble. That's where the water is. If you miss right, you gotta, you gotta go through hard work. Um, any golden nuggets like that this week? <sighs> Let me think about it. I'll come back to it. Uh, I'm a, a new subscriber to the site. I recommend it. Thank you very much. Is there any particular ownership range you look for in a single entry GPP? As much as I'd love to endorse 
Doc, and we can pull up Doc's numbers here. He just he hasn't been good. And I know he'd be the first to tell us that. And um I don't I, we don't have the problem with Doc is we also don't have like a big enough sample size to see hey, is he going to be able to turn it around? Is he going is, is a flip just going to switch for him or is he going to build you know, five events in a row and then kind of get back to this form that we saw in 2020. But I mean, these ball striking numbers aren't great. The, the, the optimist in me sees that he gained strokes putting at Bay Hill last week. And that to me is like, okay, he, that, that, I mean, he was hemorrhaging strokes on the greens. He's still not as good in terms of ball striking as he was at the, at, in 2020, but he at least plugged one leak. Can he plug another? I hope so. I hope to see him find success this week, but I'm, I'm very much being cautious about this. Lorenzo's that's the name of the pizza place that I was looking for. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what this comment is about. You go to gyms, you get a steak, you go to Lorenzo's, you get a slice of pizza. I'm pretty sure that's, that's the pizza place name I was looking for. <clears throat> How much does Pete die courses uh, matter this week? Listen, um, I would say for the most part, the architect stuff doesn't matter, but there are a lot of similarities in Pete Dye courses. Um, and I hear players talk about that a lot. So so they think there's a thing to it. That's why I have it on the site, right? That I, I give you the option to choose what architect because some guys like it more than others. I think a lot of it is, especially for the, the, the Pete Dye stuff, at least because he has so many courses, we have a lot of data on it. And, and a lot of them have been staples on the PGA Tour for a while. So we've got guys who've played 30, 40, 50 rounds on Pete Dye courses. It's not always the case for that. So I, I, I am very cautious when I use architect history. Yeah, here it is. It's Jim's and Lorenzo's slice, a giant slice. Thank you. I knew somebody was going to come through in the chat. Thank you very much. Uh, I do like Morikawa this week. Listen, Chris, Morikawa's game plays everywhere. Let me tell you that, right? He's he's the best ball striker maybe on the planet. Uh, if he, it's all about the putter, if he can roll that, but yes, it it, it is. He's phenomenal, uh, and Webb's great too. But but Morikawa's game goes everywhere. Yeah, you guys are like I'm starving now. You guys are killing me with this pizza, with this cheesesteak pizza talk. <clears throat> Why are the miscut odds so soft in this market? It seems like books are asking to get burned by prices of the top guys. I've not seen the miss the cut numbers, uh, CLU, but I'll take your word for it. I have more than a funny feeling about JT this week. Um, I've, I've been very adamant about that. Let's, let's, let's look up JT. Cause I think this is worth a minute and we are, you know, a while into the show and we haven't talked about the number three player in the world yet, which is kind of crazy. So let's just, let's just do it here. Um, all right, here's what I see. This column right here, the approach game. You got to love it, right? That's that's JT's bread and butter. Uh, that is what separates him from a lot of every, everybody else on the PGA Tour. And to see him gain nine and a half strokes at, on approach at the workday is excellent. Uh, the other thing that I'm noticing is now in four of his last five measured starts, he's gained strokes putting. Now, one of them was terrible at Riviera. It happens. Uh, but that's a good sign, right? That's the blueprint for JT is right here. The workday blueprint, gain nine, nine strokes on approach, uh, be a zero putter. He's got to lose this, right? Which is the off the tee game. He's got to figure that out. Now I know he's been working hard on three woods off the tee. He's been working hard on, on driver off the tee. You don't have to hit driver every hole at Sawgrass. In fact, you can lay back quite a bit. And, uh, that was his worst off the tee performance in my database. So 
this is the blueprint, Anthony. I agree with you. I got a funny little feeling. I, I, he's setting us up for this. He's lurking. It feels like it's coming. Just put in my JT outright. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so round one stuff is, is kind of throwing darts. Um, what you could do, I think I have this handy. So first of all, I will say it's, it's, a lot of throwing darts. Do I have this here? I think I do. I'm just going to show you. So this is the course key stats tool. I think I have scoring by round in here. Yeah, I do. So you could go to round one scoring and you can see guys that historically play well. Um, I, I tend to stay away from the studs because you don't get great odds on them, right? So I probably wouldn't bet Cantlay. Maybe Reed, I'd see what that number is. But some guys really, like Russell Henley, Cameron Tringale, uh, Sam Burns, Ryan Palmer, Jason Kokrak. These are guys that tend to play well in round one. Also, um, depending on where we're at and, and how big the field is like generally, I think, you know, 55% of the first round leaders come from the morning wave, which makes more sense. You get usually better scoring conditions in the morning. So it's very much of a dart throw, but you can, you can try to find a few edges over, over time. Uh, Palmer's almost always a sleeper, Dan. He's just always under owned. He's one of the best Median fantasy players on the tour. Love it. I've answered a lot of these, which is good. I've never heard you discuss. Oh my God. I misread that, Kevin. I was about to just lose it. I thought I, I thought I read, I've never heard you discuss DK contests. And I was like, what are we talking about? Like what's all we talk about? <laughs> Kevin. Uh, sorry. I misread that tier contests. Yeah. I don't play them. Uh, I just, you know, I think they're fine. There's probably a lot of strategy. I've never really gotten into it. The last I checked the prize pools weren't significant enough. Again, that's, that's my personal preference because I'm, I'm not playing to be a professional, right? I'm playing for a lottery ticket, uh, try to get edges, try to make life-changing money. Last time I saw the, the, the tears did not produce that kind of stuff. So yes, I don't talk about tears. I think I think the most popular will be balanced, Jim. So you get a lot of uh, casuals this week in a Millionaire Maker Week. The pricing is soft. Bryson is nine thousand. JT's nine thousand. Uh, Spieth's under nine thousand. Like there's a lot. There's a lot of um, a lot of value there. So I, I imagine people are going to go with the. The, the, the balance build, who are your fades? Um, I created an entire video, uh, with my top five fades for this week. Go check it out. Okay. Pat and Kazire came up. He came up earlier in the Slack chat because, uh, I originally had him priced or, uh, his, pro- his projected ceiling was really high and I want to pull him up here because was it Kazire? Yeah, it had to be Kazire. He's a weird guy. He is. Showing a hair of upside here. So here we go. Um, in just his last 10 starts or so, he has three finishes with 100 plus DraftKings points, which not a lot of the guys in his range can say, John. Um, so I I think he's what we call like a popper, a guy who's just going to pop up. He's going to score oftentimes, you know, 50 DraftKings points. And then a couple of times he's going to score you 100 and something. His, his ceiling is probably higher than most. can't lay anyone yeah can't lay is awesome he's awesome <clears throat> warinsky seems to be in good form as of late he sure does do, do the uh metrics back that up well one way to find out let's pull him up 
Let's go with Richie Wierenski. Here's Richie. Um, he has made one, two, three, four, five cuts in a row. He's made six of seven. I like to see that he's gaining off the team most weeks. Since, he must have figured something out here, right? He misses the cut at the RSM, and then he has what? Five weeks off before he gets to the tournament of champions. And since then, he's been great off the tee. He, I, I think he clearly figured something out, or at least the metrics would tell you that, right? Uh, then you add in the fact that he has been a sporadic hit or miss ball striker. He's been okay at times, but better recently. Rolling the rock. Yeah, Richie's been good. This is a good trend, Bobby. I, I don't mind this at all. It seems like he found something here in 2020. I'm all good. Was Sawgrass where Chubbs lost his hand to a gator? Good question. It was definitely in a lake. I don't think it was Sawgrass because they weren't, uh, at that point, Happy wasn't on the tour yet, right? He was playing the mini tours. He was trying to work his way up. He was playing a lot of those smaller events. I don't know. I don't think it was Sawgrass. It could have been, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some are saying course history doesn't matter, and others saying it does. Uh, I stand on course fit matters, and that course history has historically been volatile. I mean, that's not really my opinion. Like, if you run the numbers for this compared to other courses, uh, uh, the consistency score, for lack of a better term, uh, would be would be much lower. It's not a very consistent results uh, oriented course. So. It's not as much my opinion um, as it is the the correlation. Uh, I know this doesn't talk about match play, but I'm going to have to release a video on match play soon because match play is coming up shortly. And it's going to be, that is the biggest edge that we get on a yearly basis because like 35% of the lineups are going to be built incorrectly. People are going to pick things from same quadrant, same group. Like, yeah, that's, that's going to be awesome. I've answered a lot of these, which is good. So I'm going to, I'm going to scroll through a couple of these here. What do you make of Brooks Kepka now, right knee before left knee? Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if it's good that he didn't re-injure the knee that he's had so much issues with or, or that it's like, oh no, now he's got two bad knees. I have no idea. Um, I hate to try to guess on the injury stuff because these guys never tell us anything and they don't have to, but um, I'm concerned. I love Louie. Right, I love going back to Louis for the ten percent of people who got absolutely scorched by by Louis last week and did not he never he didn't hit a shot. I, I love going back to that. I think it's great. Here's a Siwoo question. Uh, there is a lot of debate on Siwoo this week. Uh, I've I have said I've faded him. Pat Mayo, of course, is making the argument for him. There is the case to be made about. Um, him playing well at Pete Dye courses. I get it all. I I'm, I could be very wrong. I'm just not going to have a lot of exposure to Siwoo Kim this week. Here's, here's what I see. All right. We can play the Siwoo game. Let's while we're here, let's play. And you guys, and you guys make your own decision, right? Like that's, that's the whole point. You guys make your own decision about what to do with Siwoo. Here's what I see from Siwoo. Um, here was his win American express. And before that he was really good. He was gaining on approach nearly every single week. He was phenomenal off the tee. The putter was even cooperating. That win was almost foreshadowed. Look at what he's doing now. Four out of five missed cuts. One of them's a withdrawal, a 50th in the other start, horrible off the tee, horrible on approach, doesn't have the putter working. If you go and look at just like the last 12 or so rounds for everybody in this field, Siwoo Kim's one of the worst players in this field. 
Then you go back and you say, okay, well, what about what did he do before other wins? Well, it hasn't been as good as that previous win, but here's his win at Valero, which he at least the week before was a great ball striker, and then he won. Here's his win at the Wyndham, which at least the week before he was a great ball striker and he won. I I I think he at least foreshadows it a bit more than we want to believe. Uh, so for those reasons, I'm out on Siwoo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why is Zach Johnson flying under the radar? I imagine because he lost like he lost like six strokes on approach last week. It was pretty ugly. I've answered a lot of these, which is good. Fill out of Phil. Yeah, this is this might be the best streak of all time. Fill out of the top 100 for the first time in 28 years. It might never be broken. That's uh, the longevity is unbelievable. Uh, no, Adam Scott does indeed have elite level course history. He's been phenomenal here. Uh, I would go with Homa. Homa's playing eight weeks in a row, and I think he's going to play next week too. So uh, wait, is he going to play next week too? Why did I think he's going to play next week? I don't know, but he's been great. And he's he could have easily packed it in and he didn't. Uh, Chris, yeah, we'll go play. Um, I, I haven't played as much since I got out here, uh, but I want to go play this Paiute, I think it's called. I'm getting a lot of good, I'm getting a lot of good recommendations for Paiute. All right, we've got about 10 minutes here. I'm going to run through a lot of these here. Was there an aesthetics update to the website? There's always aesthetic updates to the website, right? I'm constantly making changes, but yes, I did go through a rather large revamp. Um, I guess at the start of 2021, uh, and I'm always trying to improve things. So thank you very much. Grandma pizza is amazing. You guys, I'm starving. You guys are killing me here. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Thoughts on Xander. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned him at the top. Um, he might be the guy that unlocks everything, right? Because of the drop-off from Brooks, I think he might be the guy that unlocks anything. Anything you would change today on the custom model for the week? I would uh, lean a bit heavier on strokes gain total. I would lean a bit heavier on birdie or better. Let's just do it. All right, you know what? Let's let's do it. Let's do it. This is the This is a beta version of the new custom model that's coming to rickrungood.com. So bear with me if anything goes awry here, but here's what I would do. Um, I would probably put 35 on strokes gained off the tee. I would probably put 30 on birdie or better. Those are the two that I really want. Um, I I'm going to only put about 15 more on total strokes gained total, because I understand that that also encompasses strokes gained off the tee. Uh, there is a heck of a lot of sand, uh, at, at, uh, at Sawgrass. We'll put 10 there. And then we'll put 10 on approach and five on T to green. And I understand that I'm double counting some of these, but for the sake of this, and I never do this, I never do this um, because I don't like sharing lineups. And I don't think it's great, but I'm going to build a lineup here and just see what comes out. I'm looking through the values. Bryson, Morikawa, Berger, Neiman, Zalatoris, Grio. If that lineup wins the Millie, and like 1,100 of you split it, you guys owe me. Uh, you have to take me to play golf somewhere. Uh, I never show lineups like that. In fact, I don't like it at all. But um, yeah, that that's the way that I would build a lineup, Kevin. <clears throat> 
Okay, so we talked about Fleetwood earlier. So go back, Jason, and check it out. I I'm less optimistic on um on Fleetwood now than I was like an hour ago as we were talking through this. Uh how good are you how good were you in college? I'm like a leadoff hitter, man. I'm like the I'm like the money ball. I was the money ball guy, right? Like don't swing until you get two strikes. I led the nation in walks one year. Um that was my game. It wasn't sexy. Not concerned about the amount of golf any of these guys have played, especially Victor Hovland. Um, he's young. He plays golf all the time. If he's still playing, I don't mind it at all. <clears throat> My other guys in the $200 single entry last week, it was, oh boy. Rory, Casey, Zalatoris, Johnson. Oh, Connors. And Connors was the last one. And Danny Lee. That was the lineup from last week. <clears throat> I, I think that Bryson will, sh will share his alternate routes. Uh, uh, yeah, because I think he can't help himself. Or just do it. Yeah, maybe he'll just do it. <clears throat> Could you create a page that lists what type of ball shape a player has? So this, I get this question a lot. This is probably up there with the wind question that I get. I've started to compile this. It's really not as like great as you think it is. You know, a lot of guys can work it both ways. Um, maybe someday I will. I'm just, I'm not as, I'm really not as, as big on it as others are. Top player that I think will get cut. This always backfires. I swear there's always backfires. I will say... Oh, God. Uh, this always backfires. Um, DJ? I mean, right? Like, like all of these guys are so good and are going to make the cut. DJ is the 80-80-78 win guy, right? Like, that 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 has to make sense that he's more volatile than some of these other ones. And if he's going to lose 10 strokes putting again or five in two rounds like he did at the workday, which I don't think is going to happen, but if he does, like, that would be the path for him to miss the cut. So that will certainly backfire on me. But, um, oh, Connors. Connors or Ortiz, last man in, Connors. Uh, the Herminator actually uh, was like four under through round one last year. So if you want to go look up guys that had success last year and you think that might be a correlator to success this year, he was there. When do you look at DraftKings points? Um, I look at them a lot. I mean, listen, when I'm building line, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we make is not looking at fantasy points. I, I made a video about that on Saturday. Uh, if you want to go check it out, because it's 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 what it's our currency, right? It's what we're playing. It's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, so I, I look at it a lot. Can you make a custom model based on date range? Uh, yes. Or you can make it based on the last X number of rounds, whatever you want. I'm not going to do it, but, um, does the masters have their own shot link data? Or does it release it or does it not exist? I believe they have it. I don't think it doesn't exist because if you go to like their app and stuff, It'll tell you 279 yards, right? To the fairway. It'll tell you. So I'm I'm pretty sure they have it and they don't release it. Or they don't share it with the PGA Tour or anybody else. <clears throat> Highest owned in one and done will be Cantley. Nah, no, Cantley might have been used already. Tom Justin Thomas. Rory. One of those guys. 
Uh, yeah, the uh, the flex seal the flex seal check didn't come in this week. We're back to we're back to the regular water glass. <clears throat> food recommendations. I've not been in Vegas long enough to give a good food recommendation, Kyle. But um, if you're gonna watch March Madness, everybody loves. Uh, Lagasse Stadium as a place that new Circa Sportsbook looks awesome. I understand there's good food there. I've not been there yet, but uh, I would definitely check that out. I've answered a lot of these, uh, so I'm going to just roll through. Why do they shout for? What's that all about? I don't know. It's not the number. It's F O R E. I, I don't know. I don't know if they would say something else. I'm at the end of uh, I'm at the end of the chat here. I've got four minutes if we just want to do whatever, but or I can end it. Do you think Keegan Bradley is a good play at only 6,900? I think he's an okay play. Uh, I, I'm afraid we got a ceiling week last week, um, but he's a great ball striker. It's the same. It's the same combination as all of these other team no puck guys. So I I think he's an okay play. I don't think he's a great play. What else? Are we done? What else, boys and girls? What else we got here? I've got a couple minutes if you want it. I'm also very hungry. I could just go. I've, there, okay, there was a lot of questions about Brian Harmon. Let's do this. Let's just do Brian Harmon real quick. Um, Let's do him on the Holy Grail. You stay long enough, you get the Brian Harmon talk. I've not looked at Brian Harmon this week. Here's what I see. Wow, pretty volatile. Wow, 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 wow. 43rd of the Genesis, terrible ball striking week. The week before that, he was awesome. Terrible putting week. The week before that, bad ball striking. The week before that, awesome. This is unbelievable. This guy's an every other week kind of guy. This is amazing. I guess this week, then we're getting good ball striking, Brian Harmon. I, I, don't, I don't even know what I see here. I see a lot of inconsistency. I see the inability to put two consecutive weeks together in the same skill sets. I'm wow. I, this is, this is shocking because this is nothing like the stretch where he had here at the end of 2020, where he was just piling up top forties. I'd be, I'd be a little bit worried about that. Uh, Brian harmony. Oh, of course. Now all the questions come in. All right, let's see. Kirk 14%. Yeah, I know that's crazy, right? I did not see that coming. Circa is amazing and must win in Vegas. That's good to know. I can't wait to get there. Um, what's for lunch? I don't know. I, these guys are talking about pizza a lot. That's going to be tough. Uh, thanks for your time, Rick. Yes, thank you. Thank you. All, all good. All good. All good. My wife says she's on the speed. That's not my wife. My wife says she's on the speed train. There you go. There's the pick of the week. Uh, guys, much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there is another live chat tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Same, sp same spot. It'll be jock market related on your way out. Hit the like button. That's all I ask. Much appreciated. Good luck this week. It's going to be a ton of fun. Set your alarms. We're going to talk about every shot live. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I don't know what else I have to say. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Rick Good luck. See ya.